1: Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer.
0: And I'm your host, Kathleen Walch. On today's episode, we're going to talk about a few reports that we at Cognolytica recently published. One is on worldwide AI country strategies and competitiveness. And the second one following that is on worldwide AI laws and regulations.
1: Yeah. And the reason why we wrote these is that as we started looking at AI from the market perspective, looking at the products and the services, and of course, as you know, we spend tons of time looking at implementations we we look at every use case from mining to medical imaging to like automotive to aerospace and what we noticed is that the adoption of AI is pretty worldwide you know we see implementations across the world And we also starting to see countries themselves thinking about AI more strategically. And as part of our research, as part of our analyst business, we decided to spend some time looking literally at every country from Afghanistan to Zimbabwe and taking a look at these things across these two different factors.
0: And as Ron mentioned, you know, about two years ago, we saw maybe there was 18 or so countries that had a strategy around artificial intelligence. But as we started digging into it in 2020, there's now dozens of countries that have officially published a strategy with many more thinking about it. And I recently came back from an OECD conference on artificial intelligence. And the amount of countries that were there that are thinking about an AI strategy, have one developed, continuing to form it. It's really increasing, and it was a very good conversations that we were having around this as well. so that's why we said you know let's let's put together something that really showcases and highlights different countries' strategies towards AI and to compare in some sense how they're similar but then how they're different as well. so we've known that AI is impacting just about every single industry and every single thing that it possibly could. For a long time, companies have seen the strategic advantage around artificial intelligence, but now countries are starting to take advantage of this as well and saying, we need an AI strategy in order to stay competitive in the coming years.
1: And I think one of the reasons why countries are seeing AI as strategic is because it's a transformative technology. And that means it's going to impact all sorts of things, not just their economy, which of course is a huge aspect of it, (laughs) but societies. you know, Just like internet has really... and mobile has really turned over a lot of societies because you have social media, which has given citizens as well as presidents the ability to reach out you know, on their own without any filter. And that's actually caused societal disruption. Of course, we have changes to the workforce and the work economy, but of course, there are new threats. People are concerned about cybersecurity issues. They're concerned about the new emergence of fakes and things like that. And so... At the strategic level, countries now are not taking the backseat and waiting for the industry to do it, then stepping in only when things are going wrong. Now they're taking this front seat approach and saying, well, let's actually get in before things have really matured and either accelerate it in the direction that we want it to go or sort of decelerate it in the direction that we don't want it to go. And that's really the basis for a lot of this research.
0: And when we started to put together this report, we said, you know, we want to have some way to compare all of these countries. So we have five main factors that we review for each country. It's the country's overall AI strategy, government investment in AI, research and academic activity originating from that country's researchers and researchers and research institutions, venture capital and entrepreneur activity, and then also what established enterprises are doing how they're investing, and how they're implementing AI systems. So we thought that that was a comprehensive view where we weren't looking at just one particular mm-hmm. aspect, but really taking a holistic view.
1: Right. Because if you want to look at a country's strength of their strategy, you could say, okay, well, maybe it's just how much their government is pumping money into the industry. Well, that's great. But if nobody in the country is investing their own money, their own companies, enterprises money, or there's no venture capital funding startup growth, or, and there's like no research activity, then it's very one-dimensional and it's really hard to have strength. On the other hand, if you have a vibrant ecosystem where you have the government is funding fundamental activity, you have venture capital investing in startup activity, and those startups are creating new jobs and new activity, and they're creating new opportunities... And then you also have enterprises investing their own money. Companies, large companies, like traditional companies, banks and insurance and healthcare and automotive, they're investing their money in artificial intelligence. And then, of course, you have lots of research activity pushing the boundaries of what's possible. And then, of course, you know, you have this uh, well-defined country strategies. Together, that forms a very strong strategy, and when you take a look and you evaluate, we try to do the best to evaluate with objective measures as possible, you might find that the countries that kind of float to the top of this list that have the strongest overall strategy may or may not be the ones that you might expect, or maybe they are, but maybe not fully, right?
0: Right, So we found that the countries with the strongest overall AI strategies tied in the top category was France, Israel, the UK, and the United States. Coming in a close second tide was China, Canada, Germany, Japan, and South Korea. Mm-hmm. When we first published this report, and actually the Wall Street Journal did a piece on our report as well, we were questioned as to why China was not in the top Because many people hear that this is, you know, the AI race is between the United States and China. So why isn't China on top? And what we said is that, well, when you look at it from the entire perspective, Mm -hmm. you know, the holistic approach. China actually lagged in the established enterprise investment of AI systems just slightly. Where if you look at the top 100 companies in China versus the top 100 companies in the United States or in France or Israel or the U.K., that companies in those countries were investing more of their own money into AI than companies in China.
1: Right. Which, speaking specifically about China, was investing mostly either governmental money or venture capital money. And so those two areas were extremely strong. Research activity in China is extremely strong as well. But that one factor around the enterprise activity was the area that it was less likely. Now, the upstarts, the interesting ones, the countries that have a well-defined AI strategy. And in our research, we found that about 33 countries actually have a defined AI strategy. It's part of their governmental plan. It's actually established, meaning mm-hmm. that they not only have declared it, it's in some sort of writing, but they've put resources against it. They've either assigned some ministerial body to be aware of it, they've assigned... They have some budget, but basically it's not just a, hey, we're going to write some paper and post it on the, you know some government website, and then we'll come back to it in a couple of years. There are at least 33 countries, and there are more countries that have, interestingly, a tentative plan. Like, they're getting into it. Mm-hmm. They're building. They're trying to think of their strategy, right? And it's sort of, like this, sort of like this tier of the upstarts. Of course, you have India and Sweden, which is interesting. Both of those countries having very strong strategic plans moving forward. And then you also have countries like Denmark, Netherlands, and Russia, which is interesting because, you know, from a government funding perspective and, and research, for example, pretty strong, but it's missing a lot of these other elements. As a matter of fact, in the research area is so important because when you have a lot of research activity, it usually contributes to the other activity. Researchers get hired by industry or they start companies and they get funded. Or maybe the government throws money at this. So there's a tight connection between research activity and all these other ones. And 14 of these 15 top-ranked countries have extremely strong research activity. And this comes from, in our report, we talk about where the source of this data is. This comes from analysis of the countries of origin that submitted research papers to some of the top AI conferences, NIPS and NeurIPS and a few other conferences that were a part about that.
0: Right. And then what we also found is that strong government funding does not on its own correlate in the same manner with strong activities in other areas. So if you have a country strategy on artificial intelligence, it's not necessarily, if you have a strong strategy and you have strong government funding, you still need to make sure that you have everything else in place as mm-hmm. well. So like Ron said, make sure that you have strong research as well.
1: Yeah. So rounding out the top of this list is some interesting countries. We didn't mention Australia, which has a particularly strong research ranking as well as a strong venture capital ranking. And, and actually we can tell you from experience, some strong enterprise activity, the large mm-hmm. country companies in Australia are investing. They're in the top eleven of the 15 countries for submitting research. You know, and of course and also Singapore, you know, some interesting countries that have really defined their AI strategies well. And in this report, we actually go into some details to what they're doing with their AI strategy, And I think that's part of what makes this report interesting because we're going to keep coming back to it. This is not like a one and done kind of, Report. We actually expect things to change quite a bit, right?
0: Oh, yes. And we're expecting additional countries. You know, we said that some were in talks, but they will be publishing and releasing their AI strategy. And as they continue to do that, we will continue to update this report. Mm -hmm. This is going to be a living document, not a one and done. What I do want to point out is there's been some discussion about when we talk about AI, The race for AI usually is between the U.S. and China. But we also will talk about European countries and the EU in general. Where we lack in this conversation is South America, Australia, other countries in Asia besides China, Africa as well. You know, we don't talk about that a lot. So that's why when we did this report, we wanted to make sure that we included every single country and looked at their strategy, looked at, you know, their enterprise adoption of AI, looked at research activity, because just because they may not be strong now, doesn't mean that Mm -hmm. they can't be in the future. And that we didn't want to leave out any of these countries from the discussion.
1: As a matter of fact, in this report, it's interesting, you know, Ghana has some activity, some serious amount of activity in artificial intelligence in 2018, actually. In our report, we talk about how Google opened up an AI research lab in Ghana. Of course, there's tons of activity happening in Kenya, which hosts a AI conference every year in Kenya and lots of activity happening in Nigeria and, of course, in South Africa and in Egypt. And it's all these interesting places that are have decided they want to participate. South Korea. And South Korea. Well, that's in Africa now, of oh, course, well, in Asian yeah. countries, of course, in Australia and, and, <laughs> yeah. and all over Asia and South America. Well. Yeah, exactly. Bolivia has, has activity. Malaysia has activity. And I think that's part of what makes this interesting is that countries feel like they don't want to be left behind this transformative wave. And it doesn't mean that they have to put billions of dollars against it. Most countries don't have that sort of budget right, right. to make this work. But because we're looking at these multi-factors, as we said, the correlation between government spend and overall strength is not actually strong. What's more important is this other stuff, research activity and entrepreneurial activity and enterprise activity and venture capital. So that's really what makes this an interesting story mm-hmm. that we continue to follow. I'm just looking to see if we have any any more interesting, curious insights from this report. I think one of the, you know, and I think you may be intrigued to hear about all these countries that we cover: Estonia and Finland, and what's right. happening there, and Ireland.
0: I know that Hungary will be releasing a report soon. I think um, mm-hmm. in the spring. So, you know, or a strategy as well. So it's really interesting. But to tie into that, so it's one thing to have country level strategies around AI, but as you're going to be adopting it, you need to make sure that you have laws and regulations in place for the technologies as well. And this ties into the second report that we recently published that tracks the worldwide AI laws and regulations. So as you can imagine, data laws do come into play with artificial intelligence as well, because as we talk about all the time in our podcast, data is the heart of AI. So if you're going to be using citizen data, you need to have laws and regulations in place about how you can ethically Mm -hmm. use that and legally use that as well.
1: But the interesting thing about AI is that even though AI does depend on data, there are other things that are unique to artificial intelligence that would require some sort of either legal and regulatory framework or a way to adopt and adapt the laws that we currently have. To AI. So, for example, we have to deal with autonomous vehicles. Mm -hmm. We have to deal with this new interesting world of potential threat from lethal autonomous weapons.
0: Maybe surveillance and you know facial recognition with AI.
1: Dealing with those issues and also algorithmic decision making, which isn't specific to data, but it's like the Mm -hmm. use of that data to create algorithms. So, what we did in this second report on worldwide AI laws and regulations, we did the same thing we did in the strategy report. We looked at every country from Afghanistan to Zimbabwe and we looked at nine areas for possible areas that are laws regulations or regulatory movement that may apply to artificial intelligence
0: so those nine areas are facial recognition and computer vision autonomous vehicles AI relevant data privacy conversational systems and chatbots lethal autonomous weapon systems also called laws laWS funnily enough yeah <laughs> AI ethics and bias AI supported decision making malicious use of AI and then other regulations and laws pertaining to their mm-hmm. use, creation, and interaction with AI systems. So we felt that it was important to look at these nine general areas because it was a great starting point to see what different governments have done.
1: Mm-hmm. And you might be thinking that, so this is, like, this is not a ranking. We're not trying to say like, you know, you don't want to have like a, a ton of laws. A law it's, ranking. Yeah, that doesn't, <laughs> doesn't make any sense. It's more to just to see kind of like, what is is there any sort of consensus building in laws, regulations? Is there any sort of interesting outliers, you know, people doing some interesting stuff? What we found in general was that most governments, of course, are trying not to be overly having a heavy hand with yeah, regulation. Overly because, litigious. Right. Yeah. Overly legislative, because if, if they have too much regulation, you could slow down industry growth. Also, it's hard to predict. Mm -hmm. One of the issues with AI is that we don't really know exactly how these systems will be used. So we may come up with a law that may end up being completely irrelevant, Right. right?
0: And we've talked about this with any transformative technology. One thing we bring up a lot in our podcasts is around the use of cell phones in cars. When cell phones first came out, you could talk on your phone, have it held up to your ear, no big deal. But as we started to see how people were using cell phones in cars and how it helped, you know, drivers become distracted while driving, lawmakers said, okay, hold up. We need to put some laws and regulations in place about how people are actually using this technology. And now that we have a lot of people on the road who are doing this and we have a lot of distracted drivers, what kind of laws and regulations do we need to put in place? It's similar with artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, we know that you can use facial recognition technology for X, Y, and Z use case, but maybe we're using it for a use case that we haven't yet thought of. And so, how can we put laws and regulations in place around its use yeah. if we haven't fully fleshed out everything mm-hmm. that's possible yet? So, not surprisingly, many governments are adopting this wait-and-see approach
1: around these laws and regulations. Mm-hmm. So looking at some of these categories of laws more specifically, in general, the data privacy laws are the ones that are getting the most movement right now. Of course, you're familiar with GDPR, the European Union's General Data Privacy Regulation, and what's coming out of California, the California Consumer Privacy Act, and a few other things like that. And it has general applicability to AI, even though actually this is what this, those situations of this makes sense in the context of social. Media and email, things like that. But people may not have understood the implications of GDPR for AI. This is one of those issues of maybe we shot a little too quickly here because you have this right to be forgotten. It's one Mm -hmm. of the rights that you have in GDPR, which makes sense for remove me from the Facebook or the social media or whatever, delete my account. My newsletter, get out. (laughs) But what if your information was used to train a neural network? So you were used to train a recommendation system. You can't exactly extract yourself from the model. And so what do you do? It's like, well, I have a right to be forgotten. So take me out of your model. And people say, well, I can't do that. So Does that make, is AI non-compliant with GDPR? These are one of the issues that, that have to be addressed in the system. But some more interesting conclusions from this particular overview of our legal landscape in the world.
0: Yeah, we found that 24 countries and regions have put into place laws that allow for autonomous vehicle operation, and eight more countries and regions are currently in discussions to enable autonomous vehicles to operate. When we heard this, this wasn't completely surprising because we know that autonomous vehicles are on the road, Uh and the way that our laws are written right now don't always allow for autonomous vehicles to operate. You know, if if you need a human driver in the car and we don't have one, what do you do? You're going to pull over this autonomous vehicle, and then who are you going to talk to in the car? So, you know, that makes sense, and I think that those are the laws that we've seen most in place right now where they actually have to have laws that allow mm-hmm. for these vehicles yeah. on the road.
1: Yeah, these are permissive laws, but there are laws that are prohibitive laws. So things like, you know, trying to prevent the use of AI. And there's some are interesting ones. We talked a little earlier about lethal autonomous weapons systems laws. And the thing we realized is that actually there are countries now trying to push forward either laws within their country or more likely multinational treaties that want to prohibit the use of autonomous weapons, you know, lethal autonomous weapons, of course, like things like drones that can find their targets on their own Mm -hmm. with minimal Mm -hmm. to limited, you know, people have watched too much RoboCop and Terminator, you get a little freaked out by things like that. But yeah, I mean, not, oh, so we have 13 countries already in some advanced level discussion with regards to lethal autonomous weapons. And one country, Belgium has already even past legislation, it's past the tentative phase, it's in the implemented phase, where they're trying to ban the use and development Mm -hmm. of lethal autonomous weapons in their whole environment. Some of the other interesting areas that are in the current report, you might think, well, why are there laws around chatbots and conversational agents? There is one state in the United States, I'm trying to remember which one, I think it's California, that's trying to ban the use of chatbots that are not adequately disclosed. And there's other sorts of interesting laws that have to do with decision making, algorithmic decision making that have people are banning their use in certain controlled situations. And of course we're hearing a lot about facial recognition as well, right?
0: Yeah, and actually to go back to the law that Ram was talking about in July of 2019, California introduced a law to prohibit the use of a bot or communicate or interact with another person in California online with the intent to mislead the other person about its artificial identity. For commercial or political purposes, I'm not sure if that came about yeah. because of Google Duplex or not. Uh, that might have been part of a it. Motivator,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's so it's all those robocalls. I think the thing is, like, you could tell a robocall now because it's literally just a recording. It's like, oh, hello. And sometimes they, they try to make it think like it's a real person, but then the spiel is kind of pre-recorded. Mm-hmm. But imagine you can use someone like Google Duplex that actually can have a conversation with you. It may not be the best conversation, but wow, that could really...
0: Right? Get things going yeah, yeah. in ways you don't want to. Also around facial recognition, we're starting to see laws and regulations in place for this as well. I know that there's certain businesses, if they use facial recognition technology, they're going to need to start disclosing. Its usage with a sign saying, you know, making it clear that they're using facial recognition technology. I think there was something that came out of England recently Mm -hmm. around facial recognition technology in public spaces. You know, there was something in France, in southern France, how they were banning the use of facial recognition technology from schools. So people are thinking about this and saying, hey, you know, wait a minute, we need to talk about this. Whereas in China, we know that there's facial recognition technology being used for every country, country (laughs) countrywide, you know, I mean, daily and new cameras are getting installed in different cities
1: as I mentioned, we track prohibitive laws and permissive laws. Only two countries have actually established as a matter of legal regulation, permissive laws that specifically allow facial recognition as law. China is one of them and yeah. Zimbabwe is the other. And you can read our report to find out why Zimbabwe has allowed it. Obviously, there's a connection with China, but there's some laws on the books that have allowed the public use of uh, facial recognition systems and to basically have to stem other people from banning it, I guess, on their property. So Definitely lots of really interesting insights here. The other sort of like final insight we have, this is another thing we're going to be tracking very regularly because laws and regulations are subject to constant change. We may be updating this more than annually. We'll have to sort of keep an eye on, on how frequently this will be updated. But if you are a Cognitica Research subscriber, you will obviously get access to all of this research as it continues to update. If you decide to just go to the Cognitica site and purchase this report individually, we will actually send you some updates. Probably for a year, so you'll have that for a little while. So, but basically, long story short, you know, we're sharing with you some of these really interesting insights into all this. We also track a little bit of 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 sort of like the global growth of these laws and what's happening with things like data privacy and facial recognition. And to be honest, a lot of it has to do with public sentiment because when the public starts pushing back against things, lawmakers generally in democratic countries will listen to it and all of a sudden we will see movement on any of these number of factors that we're tracking.
0: Right. So as Ron said, we at Cognolytica and the AI Today podcast will continue to track this. And if Cognolytica updates research before the year is up, we will do an updated podcast on this as well. We'll also link to the reports in the show notes in case you guys would like to check it out, or you can go to Cognolytica.com and find them there. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please make sure to rate us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast platform. As always, we'll post any articles and concepts discussed in the show notes, including the reports to the two links that we talked about today. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you at the next podcast. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter, and more, please visit our website at Cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group.